sports fans, welcome to another TMG podcast. Uh, this is Chris Dufresne of TMG, and I'm joined by all three cohorts, Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart, and we got Herbie Gould, the Gould Standard, and whatever Mark Blouchin is these days, uh, other than on, on antibiotics or uh, recovering from something. Uh, we're excited to go. Let's first uh, bring in and thank our sponsor, APBAAppaGames.com. Uh, sponsoring us for a second year, um, and uh, we got to thank John Herson for that. APA is the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games, and in, in not just baseball, they're known for baseball, but they're doing football, golf, hockey, soccer, and we have a uh, public service announcement coming from a Jersey guy. Uh, Mark, are you, uh, are, is this still on? Are you doing the APA podcast this week? Yes, um, tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock Eastern, I think, is what it's scheduled for, so I'm excited about it. So we'll talk about old, old-time APBA baseball, I think, with, uh, I'm not quite sure who I'm John Broadwick, we'll see. Yeah. And uh, now, you played this as a child, I, uh, you must, you were you were an only child, and I, I'm guessing yes. you, you were, were you a latchkey latch kid, just home by yourself a lot, playing solitaire, and this, 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 this uh, <laughs> was, was was, was, was like that. <laughs> All those New Jersey winters uh, stuck in the basement. And you got that right. The Jersey winters, that made it easy in February and March to, to when, when one of those cards came and end of February. That was that was fun times to play those ABA games and getting ready for the baseball season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Let's uh, let's get on to the uh, uh, the story of the week, I guess, is, an, is another. Uh, okay, we got a lot of we got some feedback coming from somebody. I don't know if someone's shuffling around or, but uh, it looks like sounds like a, a NASA like mission control issue. Um, anyway, let's get to the, uh, the story of the week. Uh, I guess once again is the weather. We we seem to this seems to be happening a lot <laughs> with the hurricanes impacting play. Um, Tony, you're the closest to the action, uh, down in Atlanta. Uh, what's, what, what's the story on, on Florence? Well, the, the bottom one, when it comes to football, uh, yeah. looking at it just narrowly through football, if you're on the North Carolina coast, near, anywhere near the North Carolina coast, South Carolina coast, you're not playing. Okay. Now, tonight, we've got, uh, Thursday night, we've got Wake Forest playing a home game against B.C. at 5.30. They're going to get rained on, but Winston-Salem is a good three-plus hours inland. Uh, so I, I guess they feel like they're only going to get rain. Uh, North Carolina State has postponed their game. Uh, I think South Carolina has already postponed their game, and Clemson was thinking about, uh, thinking about their game. They played Georgia Southern. Right. So yeah, it, it, the the issue, it, the weather's an issue, but the fact that so many resources, uh, all the state patrol guys can't come to the games like they normally do to help with security because right. they got they got other stuff to do. Yeah, so no kidding. It, it's uh, it it's it's a real mess. It's just just now starting on the North Carolina coast. I'm I'm got my Mark Blauschen uh, weather <laughs> channel air here while I'm watching it. And it's uh, it is it's really something. Um, I should note we are re- recording this podcast at about uh, one o'clock Eastern time, so you know that's kind of our frame of reference here. So you know we'll see what happens going forward. 
Uh, interesting. Someone brought this up. I think it was Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech coach, this week, and I, I thought it was a, a good point that we had so many of these hurricane uh, cancellations, postponements, disruptions. He suggested building a second bye week into the season for everybody just to account for makeup games and uh, and such. And, 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 and I'm wondering if this is a good idea. But Blau, uh, Jersey guy, do you think this is a good idea? I think it's a great idea because this year, more and more with the lightning delays and now the hurricane, um, and teams are finding out that they can't, they have no dates, no dates available to reschedule games other than the last week of the season, which is championship week, and uh, which is a problem. Like, I mean, they're, they're, so having an extra bye date would be a great idea. I think. Herbie, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Herb. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just. Pulled up, you know, uh, Notre Dame played at North Carolina State a couple of years ago in a, oh, a brutal rain. Oh, yeah. And I'm just looking at the numbers here. Uh, Kaiser completed 9 of 26 for 54 yards. And uh, the NC State uh, QB Finley had 5 of 12 for 27 yards. You may recall that was a sideways yeah. rain. And I think Brian Kelly caught some heat for throwing as many times as he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you really do need to try and address it, you know, with some some uh, open date opportunities in the schedule. Well, that was a colossal mistake by the ACC and by both Notre Dame and North Carolina State because it wasn't the game so much; it was around the stadium. It was dangerous. There were flooded flooded streets. Yeah. It was dangerous for the fans to go to the game. That was the biggest yeah. problem. A bunch of people in the ACC did not play that that weekend. Uh, and for example, also that same that same year, uh, they didn't play. South Carolina played at Georgia, and they ended up playing on Sunday instead of Saturday, and postponing the game. Guys, I've heard a couple ideas on this. One one way to build in uh, an extra bye week would be to move Championship Saturday from this and, and designate the first Saturday in December as Army Navy Day and anybody who's got a makeup game day. <laughs> makeup day, yeah. Saturday would be the following. The other thing you could do is you would have to start the season a week earlier because there's some there are some years there's the calendar varies. Some years there are fourteen Saturdays between the first Saturday and in September and the first Saturday in December. But some years there are only thirteen Saturdays. Right. Uh, and you really get caught in a bind in those years. But, yeah, I, I would think with the amount of games we've had to postpone, have an extra. Because I kind of like the championship Saturday idea simply because now you've got to hope that, the, that, your, uh, that your bye weeks match up with the other team. Uh, you know, like, like a couple of years ago, they had to move like four different games to get one game replayed because all the bye weeks were screwy. Right. Uh, and so that's why I don't know how popular that would be, but if you built in, if you built in an extra bye week on everybody's schedule, except Army Navy, that would give you at least give you a fighting chance. Yeah, uh, like most things, you know, this is our, this already has a, before the college college playoff. I mean, the in 1998, the the famous UCLA Miami makeup game because of a hurricane. Yep. I mean, that impacted the national championship. Um, it's going to happen, I think, one of these years where a game not played is going to factor in at the end of a season when the committee's looking at everything, you know, all things considered. And, uh, you know, I think maybe that's 
will force some sort of movement if, if we get sort of a, a controversy about it. Um, uh, but, you know, it's just, it's part of reality and uh, it does impact, uh, you know, obviously safety first, but uh, later on down the line, it could have an impact on, on bowl games and, and other things. So we hope everybody's uh, hunkered down and, uh, and gets through it okay. Um, games that, uh, you know, we are, there are, there are going to be a lot of games played this weekend, uh, but I wanted to get your guys' impressions of, you know, so far, uh, you know, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. Uh, Herb, let's start with you. Uh, you know, the surprise teams uh, or, or disappointing teams uh, that have struck you so far. Well, you know, uh, careful readers of uh, TMG preseason will note that I, I expected Texas and Florida to be better than they have shown. <laughs> uh, those are two that really come up in my mind right away that, you know, those programs have every reason in the world to be top-notch, and, and I still think they have very quality coaches, but there's a disconnect there. It's not translating on the field. Yeah, Tony, well, uh, go, go ahead, Tony. Well, I was just going to follow up on what Herb said. The Florida Gators <laughs> and their fans got a big slap in the face last Saturday because Kentucky, who had lost 31 straight to the Gators, walked into the swamp, and they didn't just win the game. They kicked their butts for three hours up and down the field, and the Gator people simply could not believe that they were getting – they were just getting pounded by Kentucky. And what it does, it, it makes everybody understand that the talent level at Florida isn't anywhere near where people think it is. Uh, it was, that was a cold dose of reality. That – that in the the Miami Hurricane, Mark Blouse and the Miami Hurricane, <laughs> big big disappointment. Because I'm telling you, LSU's okay, but they ain't that good. And I was I was very disappointed with the way Miami played. Well, that was Mark. That was sort of a carryover from last year, and sort of what everybody feared might be the case. And uh, can they? Will they get better? You will your alma mater. Your yeah, I, I think they'll get better, but I'm not quite sure if they'll be at the level people think they were going to be. I and mean, I think they might be an eight, another eight, eight or nine win team. That's it. But my biggest disappointment so far, I mean, is Florida. What is going on in Florida State? I mean, they're better than the plane, and then they looked horrible in one game and barely, barely beat you know Stanford in another game. And I don't know what's going to happen to Syracuse this week. They could lose that too. I mean, I don't know what Willie Taggart's doing, but it, there's, there's a disconnect there. That doesn't match the talent that seems to be on the roster. The Florida State people are in full panic mode, okay? <laughs> you know, because, you know, last week, <laughs> well, in the first game against Virginia Tech, everything was great until the game started. All right, then then you got issues, and the, the Florida State people are going, have we hired the wrong guy? Have we done that? Because <laughs> so, I, know, I know their talent is better than what they've shown. I absolutely know that to be the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more that I would I I should mention. You know, Michigan State. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was a pretty tough loss out in the desert. I don't think it's at the same level as some of the things you just mentioned, because that was a that was a real trap game kind of situation. At the same time, you know, keep an eye on Michigan State because in that division, you know, you could you can slip pretty quickly. Yeah, Here, here's a stat for you. Uh, Big Big Ten teams are 0 and 10 at Arizona State. Yeah, so uh, you know the message there is don't go play in the in the heat and the 
and that was a swell. You know, that game was it ended at like two in the morning, but it was a it was a hundred degrees and humid. Uh, but following up on that, Herb, I think you know out west the the biggest surprise and disappointment are in the same state and playing the same division in the Pac-12. Uh, Arizona, I think you know a lot of smart people out there uh, were picking Arizona to, to as a sleeper in the Pac-12 South, uh, and they've you know they've, they've laid two, you know two eggs in two weeks and they got blown out uh, at Houston uh, and you know in, in Tempe, Herm Edwards, we we all laughed at him and uh, you know that was a, that was a big win uh, for the. Uh, for Herm, and we'll see going forward. They play; they're at San Diego State. Uh, you know, tra- another dangerous tra- trap game, I think, for them, considering they lost to San Diego State last year. Uh, so, you know, they, we're excited, but uh, I think we better wait. We'll wait on them. Um, uh, I have a little pet peeves this week about early early season, and I, I wrote a, bit, a little bit about it. The, the only thing more. Uh, preposterous than preseason polls are, are preseason college football stats. I, I love when when teams roll, roll out the numbers. We're number one in the nation in, you know, you know Toledo is leading the nation in scoring right now, in case anyone's interested. Um, and uh, and uh, I, I think it's fun. There's such a disparity in the early season where you have teams that play nobody. Uh, Boston College uh, is, you know, has I think is sixth in in offense right now, but what does that really mean? Um, anyway, just kind of a funny, funny kind of uh, statistics uh, that are, that are meaningless. But uh, you know, that's the that's what I love about college football is you you get you have such a disparity that people get to trot out all sorts of things. Um, uh, let's let's look at. Uh, what we got going this weekend? A uh, lot of interesting games, I think. Uh, starting with Rutgers in Kansas. Blau. <laughs> I, I mean, Kansas. I mean, Kansas is a is favorite in a, in a game, which is mind-boggling to begin with. And as you pointed out, with Rutgers and and their, and their record against Ohio State, I don't know what's going to happen um, out, out there. But but it, it you know it, it probably it'd probably be a good game. Probably be competitive, which is the thing that most people want. Yeah, uh, Herbie, uh, what what game interests you most in your uh, the Big Ten this week? Um, well, you you got to start with Ohio State and yeah, uh, you know Ohio State I think is what pretty serious favorite. I mean the numbers are, are are a little daunting, but you know we'll find out what Ohio State's about here because you know their first two games they they blew out some lesser opponents. Uh, in, uh, Rutgers and you know TCU is uh, Gary Patterson. I think we've all spent a little time with him. Is I think he's a really good coach, especially on the defensive side. And you know, being in Texas, although not a true home game, uh, you know that'll give TCU a little advantage. So we'll find out some interesting things about the Buckeyes in that ball game. Yeah, what other? Uh, I'm trying to think what other what other Big Ten games are there that uh, you know it's BYU a- at Wisconsin and yeah. that's. Wisconsin's marquee non-conference game. Well, wow. They're still like a three-touchdown favorite. Nobody's going to get too excited about that. Uh, you know, South Florida is going to play Illinois at Soldier Field in Chicago. And, you know, this is one of those ones. Illinois comes up here to strut their stuff in front of their alumni here in Chicago. And, 
and they end up doing just the opposite. And, and Illinois has got some injuries that are going to make that even more problematic. Yeah. Uh, it's, other than that, it, it's kind of a slow week um, in the Big Ten. Yeah. And uh, uh, one of the other teams we all follow closely, I, I think is kind of under the radar right now, is uh, hard to believe, is Notre Dame. Uh, you got Vanderbilt at Notre Dame. Uh, the Irish have just, you know, they've been solid, but nothing really spectacular. Um, uh, you you wrote about the Irish this week, Herb. Yeah, you know, I think that that's a game I kind of go back and forth on in my mind because I think the overriding thing is that Notre Dame's been hearing about how they've underachieved last week against Ball State. So, you know, you kind of expect them to come out and, and play well. They're a two-touchdown favorite. Uh, you know, and, and Vanderbilt, but the, Vanderbilt's got an experienced senior quarterback. They've, they've, they've put up a lot of points the first couple of weeks against lesser opponents. So you don't really know how that game's going to go. I sort of expect that Notre Dame will write the ship. I mean, they, they, need to, they need to get their running game going a little bit. And they need to get Wimbush after three interceptions last week to, uh, you know, dial it in a little better. So it is an important indicator for, for Notre Dame. On the other hand, you know, Vanderbilt is not going to excite people unless, I mean, if Notre Dame wins big, everybody will go, oh, well, they should. If they don't, you know, the, the concerns will continue. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an important game for Notre Dame. That's why I think they'll, they'll come out and, and, and play well. Yeah, well. But, let me give you one little nugget on 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 Vanderbilt. Uh, <laughs> last year, when they had a bad they had a bad season defensively, Derek Mason has been his own defensive coordinator. He went out and hired Jason Talk from the 49ers. They worked together at Stanford. Yeah. And the number thing he asked Tarver to do is up the turnover. They only forced nine turnovers in 12 games. They've already forced six in two games. They're plus four on the turnover margin. So keep that. Notre Dame should be all right in this game, but I'm telling you, if they're plus two or three and four turnovers, they run the ball pretty well. So. Yeah, I, like, I agree with you, Tony. I mean, I think that you know having uh, the Shermer kid, who's an experienced quarterback, uh, his dad coached in the NFL for a long, long time. He's not going to be wide-eyed in Notre Dame Stadium. I'm guessing this is a kid going to be excited to have a, a, a stage like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a dangerous game in the sense for Notre Dame, but I think they know that, and I think after last week, Brian Kelly will have the, the players' attention. Yeah. Uh, Tony, you've got, once again, uh, just some, so many intriguing games in the SEC this week. Uh, I have an interesting stat. You know, Alabama Ole Miss, that, the series, Alabama leads the series 50, I think, 9-2. and two. But... <laughs> It, it's two and two in the last four, right? Right. I mean, that's they, beat, a... they beat them two years in a row. Yeah. Okay. And but here's the fascinating thing about that game: the the over and under is seventy one. I'm telling you, Alabama could score seventy one in this game. Oh, I smell a pick six Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you because first of all, oh. The Ole Miss defense may not be the worst defensive defense in college football, but I promise you it's in the top two. All right? Yeah. They are terrible. They gave up 41 to the mighty Salukis of Southern Illinois last week. All right? So I'm just I'm just saying, uh, you know, 
Alabama's going to run run the ball and run the ball and throw over the top. Uh, this will be a very high scoring game. Unless unless Nick doesn't want it to be, or you know, unless it, it's one of those where that you know they're just you're going to run the clock out and and control the score. I don't know. That's you yeah. know, I think Alabama controls you know the destiny of that 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 outcome. But uh, you know, you got you got another. You wrote about this today. The LSU Auburn series, which has just been you know uh, fascinating to watch, going back 20 years, the you know the famous earth, the earthquake game, and uh, you know last year's crazy game that really cost Auburn everything, right? I mean, tell us a little about about this game. Well, yeah, the, 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 it actually it was 1988. I guess yeah. 30 years. Uh, LSU scored with about a minute left, and the eruption of sound was so great. It hit the uh, the seismograph down at the Geo- Geoscience Center and registered as though it was an earthquake. I mean that that's right. that's how big it has been. A lot of weird stuff has happened in this game. I, I, Auburn is a nine point favorite, nine and a half point favorite, which surprises me uh, a little bit. But then I realized uh, I was in Auburn all day Tuesday. This is the best defensive line they've had since Gus Malzahn's been there and Kevin Steele's been the defensive coordinator. So I don't think I don't think LSU is going to be able to run a lick on guys. Just like Washington couldn't run a lick on these yeah. guys. And that's that's right. yeah, that's a problem for LSU because you know, yeah. I I think the quarterback still, you know, uh, we don't as a not we don't know yet on 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 Burrow uh, uh, whether he's a real deal or not. So we'll right. find out. Right. I got I got Auburn winning the game. I'm not sure if they're going to cover. I think they probably will. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's 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 going to be a hard physical game. And the great thing I, we will learn about we'll, we'll learn about LSU. We'll kind of know what they've got, and we'll have a better feel for what Auburn has. Tony, uh, is there a, is there a chance that Colorado State can beat two SEC? Teams in consecutive weekends. Colorado State is at Florida this week. Am I? Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> I mean, how will that? Is there? Can Colorado State go in there? I mean, they just they beat Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas is very good, obviously. But uh, Arkansas, Arkansas is horrible, and Arkansas was up, I think, twenty three to nine in that game or yeah. something like that, and they let it slip away. Now, this is not one of Mike Bobo is the coach of Colorado right. State quarterback. This is not one of his better teams. Uh, they got they got boat raced early on. I think they played what Hawaii and they did right right. Hawaii's pretty good this year though. Yeah, and they just got boat raced. You know know what? If Florida had not lost last week to Kentucky, I would say that Colorado State could might slip in there and give them a game. I think Florida will will bounce back. Florida was just they were just horrible last week. Yeah, and the Gator the Gator folks are upset. So I, I think Florida will take care of business there. Right, you know, out west we have you know uh, you know a, a game that has historical significance. You know, USC at Texas, which it, it's a, it's a different game now, obviously, than it was in two thousand five. Who obviously, cares? Well, that that's my point. That's my point. You know, and even even last year, people were interested because you know it was the first meeting since the great game. But now it's more of a a referendum on two coaches. And uh, one of these one of these coaches is coming out with a second loss uh, on September fifteenth. Uh, and w- what? Where's the Blau? Jump in on this. Where's the? Where have all the flowers gone in this game? <laughs> you know. 
You're, you're right. I mean, it's it's almost like it's they're in a time warp where, where they're playing on reputation almost. And and, and as Tony got it right. It's, who cares? I mean, all, it's not a great weekend for games, but that should be the marquee game, and, and, it, and it's an afterthought. Yeah, um, you know, but Tom Herman is feeling is feeling a lot of heat, uh, and uh, I, you know, I think he's is he I think he's seven and seven or, or something like or eight and seven uh, since he took over, and you know that's just that's just not going to cut it for very long, I don't think. Um, other other interesting games uh, out west. Uh, again, I mentioned Arizona State at San Diego State. Another another disappointment so far. I think my, you know Chip Kelly zero and two. We all we all knew what was going to happen in at Oklahoma, but you know they have Fresno State coming in now. Fresno State, Herbie. Uh, I don't know if you watch this game or the Minnesota game where you know Fresno State's on the goal line and that kid from uh, Minnesota made an unbelievable play to save that game at the end. Uh, but you know Fresno State you know could could knock UCLA to zero and three. Uh, yeah, I think it sort of depends. I, I did watch that game, and, you know, kudos to Minnesota for really playing hungry, but Fresno State really, you know, that, that for a team that, that is one of those, you know, uh, overachieving little guys, they didn't show it that night, and that play sort of summed it up. I mean, here's a little tiny DB stepping in front of a big, tall receiver. I mean, why isn't that receiver going after that ball at the very least, knocking it down. Uh, but, you know, Fresno didn't seem hungry in, in that game. They made a lot of, of curious plays. So, I, you know, I would think that maybe they bounce back this week, uh, especially with, you know, you know, that's kind of an interesting game because you don't really know what's going to happen with those two teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah Washington at, at Utah is an interesting game. Uh, it's really important for Washington, which has to – Basically, play play run the string. I think to have any sort of a chance. Uh, so, what else we have out here? That's yeah, you well. Know, Boise at Oklahoma State, another intriguing game. Uh, and uh, you know, Boise is you know one of my. I, they, I had them in my preseason top sixteen. There, you talk about you know, uh, it, just wiping people out. They they put a, a you a Blau. They put a number on uh, on UConn <laughs> last. UConn, yeah. Uh, I don't know what what what's going on at, at UConn, but didn't weren't they in the Fiesta Bowl uh, within the last decade? Eight, eight years ago, yeah. I mean, two coaches ago, yeah. It's I mean, I talk to Randy S all the time, and it, he he understands it's a big rebuilding process, and, and they're only, I mean, uh, and rebuilding to, to to the point where they can become respectable is is the goal right now, and not, they're not there yet. Um, yeah. Uh, so they got everyone's excited because we're voting and. UConn's playing Rhode Island this weekend, so maybe someone can get a win. I mean, maybe they can get a win there, but right now it doesn't look very good. Yeah. Um, now, guys, the only thing I want to jump in and mention, this this Boise game, this is their season, guys. Yes, is, it is. I'm telling you, if they win this game, they're going to go 13-0 and get in the New Year's Six. They'll be this year's Central Florida, but they got to win, they got to win this game. Yeah, you know, I I think they're I think this is one of the best teams they've had in you know since since Chris Peterson, uh, but like you say, yeah, this is this is, and this is a winnable game for them. You know, this is an Oklahoma State, uh, you know, from from even last year, a couple of years ago. I think this is a winnable opportunity. Uh, we got Friday picks. I, you know, I haven't added up all the numbers, but uh, you know, we were kind of already leaking some oil on our on our pr- projections. Uh, anybody got a hot? 
You, anybody got a hot pick to, uh, for this weekend or a sleeper or a... Well, I got, I got a question for Tony. I mean, is, I mean he was saying about Alabama uh, scoring 70 by itself. That's not Nick Stodd. Don't you think a 50-7 to 7 win is, is, will be enough for Nick? Uh, I think it will. I think it will. Well, so we're under 71, so that's a high well, over-under. I don't think uh, Nick is going to let out Mississippi score a whole lot. So if I was, you know, just... Uh, for and then versus only seventy one, uh, more attractive. Ooh, ooh, that's a very high over under number. I'll yeah, assume. I'm wondering whether what the better bet is there. The, I, I'm kind of leaning toward, you know, uh, laying the, the the three touchdowns rather than expecting seventy one. I guess it just depends on you know if Ole Miss is going to put up some points, but that's one thing. But like Blouse said, if, if Alabama defense clamps down on that, well. I'm I'm expecting Ole Miss to put up some points simply because the strength of their team is a wide receiver, and the weakness if it's it's not even a weakness, but they're less experienced in the secondary than they are at any position on their team. Yeah. So if they get if the quarterback gets any time at all, and, and you know they're, they're going to go the up tempo stuff, which Alabama hates. So I think they're going to score some points. Whether or not they cover that number, eh, that's, yeah. This that, is, that's why the boys in Vegas drive nice cars and live in big houses. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, I save and dictate. If, if Coach Spurrier was coaching uh, Alabama in this game, uh, you know, then I I take the over. But I think I think I think Saban really does control a lot of the uh, you know dictates how the game's going to go uh, in, in many respects. So yeah, anything else out there that's you know, like I said, I mentioned, watch out Arizona State. At San Diego State, uh, you know the San Diego State beat them last year. Uh, watch out! Uh, what, what's another watch out game? I, I, no, one that's interesting me is you know I just saw Duke play at Northwestern. They look really good. Yeah, uh, Northwestern has some issues, but Duke is going out to Baylor, and they, they lost their their first quarterback and, and one of their key corners. So all of a sudden that line moved from sort of a, a pick 'em game to Duke getting a touchdown. And, and what I saw from that Duke team looked really cohesive. Uh, I sort of think that they're gonna they're gonna play well. But, uh, I told you guys about you know David Cutcliffe. I mean, I mean that's guy. He, he's got he's got a nice little thing going on there. Tony, yeah. what's what's wrong with Purdue? Ooh, per don't. Missouri <laughs> <laughs> going out there. I expect them to win, but Purdue has looked. Awful in the first two weeks. Yeah, and they've killed themselves two weeks in a row. They've had just a killer personal foul at the end of the game. Uh, Jeff Brom just got up and, and apologized profusely after that game for them not playing smart. You know, I don't know. You know truly, I think those quarterbacks are, are the, the first quarterback is quarterbacks are not taking care of the ball as well as I would like. There's just a lot of problems there, and, and I wonder about that too. Uh, you know, to not be able to play efficiently and to score points—that's not what we saw from uh, Purdue last year. You thought it would get better in the second year. Yeah, it's funny you bring that. You bring it up because I'm, I'm hesitant to say this, but if Boston College is playing tonight, and, and after two scrimmages against uh, UMass and Holy Cross, they played on the road against Wake Forest. If they were to win that, and they should because they're the better team. Next week they play. Guess what? At Purdue, um, and after that they play a home game against Temple. That could be f- a five and zero start for Boston College. 
which is going to have a lot of people up here shaking their head and, and around the country scratching their head. But uh, they might they might have a good team this year. I'm 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 putting might in capital letters until they win a road game. But that's that's another interesting thing to watch in the next couple of weeks. That's a, that's going to be the yeah. that's going to be the Knicks got a tough game. Purdue's got a tough game against Missouri this week. Uh, you know that that they could be they could be really in, in free fall if they don't put the thing together because you know they're looking at all in four. They go to Nebraska. You know that that that. You know, if you're going five, it's really a, a problematic situation. Blau, that, that that BC schedule is the most un, uninspired. You, read off Absolutely. those. Read off those teams again that they they play. They, they, they played. They played UMass, then they played Holy Cross, then then they, then they played you know Wake Forest, which they have to play. Then then Purdue, which is okay, and a home game against Temple. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and then a game at North Carolina State, which is again, I mean. Wow. They gotta, I mean, the, the, the schedule is backloaded because in the end, of the, the bottom half of the schedule is Florida State, Virginia Tech, Louisville, Miami. So they can all uh-huh. temple. But for the first half of the season, BDC is going to have that sleeper edge and everyone's going to be cr- watch, watch the bandwagon grow if they are indeed 4-0 or 5-0. Yeah, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Any, anything else? Anybody got anything on their mind they want to get off before we, uh, we get out of here? No, nothing. Sounds good. Everybody, uh, be safe at Florence. Hopefully, uh, uh, you know this. This too shall pass. We've seen them. We've seen too many of these things before. But uh, uh, we will be back next week. And until then, everybody, adios.